Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Puck Placement Podcast presented by Sports Ethos. Might have forgotten to say that last time, but uh, today we are playing doctor with some of these teams in both conferences in the national, and um, we're going to see if we can fix some teams. Probably won't be perfect with the salary cap stuff, but um, that's all right. These teams are probably not going to do what we tell them to do anyway, but uh, we can try. Um, Dovey, you want to – or uh, I guess we spoke yesterday, so I assume everything's good. But uh, if you want to kick us off, we can go right into it. Yeah. So the first team that I think needs addressing and possibly very quickly is the Pittsburgh Penguins. So looking at who they have in their lines, um, they obviously have, you know, Crosby on the first line with Gensel and Ross. That's, you know, very good. Probably not changing it. And the second line, too, Raquel Malkin and Smith. Um is totally adequate too. Like I think that really, you know, they could use a bottom six forward, maybe someone a little bit more impactful. That is a hole that needs to be fixed. Um, in sep- separately, though, I think that their defense really needs another guy as well. Um, you know, Ryan Shea and Chad Ruedel on the bottom line just is not going to cut it. Um, you know, in the minors, you know, we touched on it a couple weeks ago. They traded for Jack Rathbone who I think could be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely is not inspiring confidence. Pittsburgh currently has basically no cap room to work with. Um, so they're going to have to get a little creative in terms of what they want to do. I mean, if Carter was willing to be moved, that would definitely help, but he has a no move. He's 35, probably isn't looking to get dealt. Um, so if I were them, um, I mean, and, and in terms of goaltending, um, I think that Nadalkovic and Jari will balance out and be fine. I just think that there's a little bit of a hole in their defense in terms of, you know, how things functionally are going to work. Um, so the guy who I thought maybe would be helpful for them, I mean, really you need either something, you need like a double retention situation or you need someone on a very low cap hit. Um, so someone who I thought um, might be useful to them is Dylan Dubé from Calgary. Um, so Dubé... He has, I believe, one year left. Um, and he has one year after, uh, where, is he? yeah, he's an RFA after this year. He's only um, at 2.3 million. He probably would cost something, but nothing too elaborate. I'd say probably like a second round pick and, you know, a fringe prospect of some of sorts. But I think that that could definitely help move the needle for them on their third line. Yeah, no, I I really like that. Uh, Calgary's going to be a seller. Seems like a pretty good fit. Um, Dubé could fit in any line. He's been shuffled up and down in that Calgary roster. So, I, I, I he's, think... He's so the type that you put him on, like, Crosby's line, and he just 
explodes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he could fit anywhere, but particularly that one would that would not. That doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. I really like that. Um, uh, In terms of defense, I think that Calgary has you know defensemen. I'm sure that could help Pittsburgh. Um, it's just that all of them have a lot of money on their books, so it it would be hard for Pittsburgh to navigate it. Um, one that would work for Pittsburgh on defense. Um, I mean, trading with the Capitals that was one team I looked at, but that's basically it's like it's like when the Leafs and the Habs make a trade, it's like basically impossible. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they could go to San Jose um, and try, and it depends how what significant assets they're willing to give up. Um, but, like, they could always try to bring, like, Ian Ruta back um, or uh, Nikolai Knizov. He's, those are uh, – Knizov in particular is assigned to a very fair deal, um, and uh, he probably could slot in and pay, play third line minutes with them. Sure. You said Kuznetsov, right? Pardon? The last one you said was Kuznetsov. Can, I, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce. I think it's Ken, Nikolai Knizov oh, on okay. um, San on San Jose. Oh, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I've never seen him play. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's he's serviceable. He's not going to wow you, uh, like you know. Maybe he could be a fourth defenseman, you know, he could, you know, hit some form of potential, but like he's more of a bottom pair guy, little meat and potatoes, but like not a liability. He's just, you know, kind of responsible. Yeah. And in San Jose right now, he's, I think, just a little bit overwhelmed with how much responsibility he has to take. Like he's, um, I mean, he, I believe he's injured right now for. For some reason, he's not in the lineup. Um, but I think he's definitely serviceable. Uh, and you know, if he's if he's fell out of favor for David Quinn, he won't cost a lot. Yeah. No, that uh, those were interesting thoughts. I, the team needs well, a couple. What? Well, the- yeah, like well, one thing about Kyle Dubas that I can speak of from experience is that. He has guys or teams that he goes to frequently to make offers to or to make trades with. And like those are the GMC calls the most. Like that's gonna right. be St. Louis, that's gonna be Columbus, uh San Jose. Um in particular, those three. Uh he he de- dealt with Pierre Dorian a lot, but he's no longer a general manager. Right. But interestingly enough, actually, I think they're actually pr- pretty good friends. I think as a side note, they may bring him on as like a director of scouting, but that comes with no knowledge, just pure speculation. That would be interesting <laughs> for sure. Um, I guess I could start off with the Oilers. Uh, I think they could go, well, they probably have to be pretty creative, but uh, do a trade to get Bennington. Uh, depends how the next few games go. If they're, I mean, they're not totally out of it. Obviously, being Oilers and they have the current roster that can, you would think, make a comeback. But 
the teams in front of them are not pushovers like Nashville, Seattle, Minnesota. They're all six, seven points ahead of them. Um, I think Bennington is on the block already, and I think it could be an interesting thing if he went to Edmonton. Um, it's funny because the Blues are ahead of them, but the situation the Blues are in, I think, would be more towards sell some Future parts. Planning. Yeah, like try to, maybe Kevin Hayes is tradable. Is, is, the, is there like a backup or a 1B maybe? Because like Bennington, that's a very complicated move to do. Um, yeah, I know that they're not going to trade on Oh, you mean no, like I mean, and it, it's it's for for Edmonton. It's complicated to acquire him. You know, there'd yeah. be retention possibly, and that for a long term deal like Bennington's, that could be complicated. Or Doug Armstrong might be very hesitant to do something like that. I would maybe. say, like, is there a cheaper backup slash one B option that maybe they could flip Skinner for? Yeah, I, maybe Blackwood. I think he's been playing better. That's not. A crazy upgrade, but he's very good against Philly earlier this week. Yeah, he's he is a he is an upgrade. I'm not gonna go out there and say a crazy up. Um, I think I'm trying to look. Um, about Drieger Drieger on Seattle, like he's he's right now in the minors. No, yeah, that's a good option too because Decord's getting that. Uh, backup role in Seattle. Um, so I would say right, right now he's very serviceable numbers last year with Coachella Valley. Um, and this year he's been on fire. Well, he's got confidence uh, and he's playing well. So that's definitely an option. So the uh, recipe for success seems to be. Um, um. Yeah, the Blues are probably a team that a lot of these teams that are looking to contend could poach from. I don't know if they'd want to move Hayes. He's still he's not like he's not super old. Um, still technically young ish. Um, mm-hmm. I know Vrana would be someone that they would probably be look be okay trading. I think. A team like uh, Seattle or Nashville could be interested, depending on what direction Nashville wants to go. Um, if you're moving Verona, it has to be to a place with very good culture. Yeah. Is he and shown I, to be prone when there's not a lot of that? Yeah, and I, I think Seattle has the right guys uh, for that kind of situation. That or... Um, I know Vancouver's tr- almost pivoting away from moving Garland to moving Le uh, Cavier more. So that could be an interesting swap if they, like, swap Le Cavier and – or am I even saying that right? On Vancouver? Yeah, am I saying the wrong guy? <laughs> I'm probably... um, I Honestly, when you say Le Cavier, I think you're thinking of Vincent, and I don't yeah. think he's played in the league for close to 10 years. I'm thinking of uh, Anthony Beauvillier. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Beauvillier. I got lost in different eras. Um, yeah, Beauvillier for Vrana would be interesting. Um, so I, I, 
I, I, I think that in principle that makes sense. I just don't see why St. Louis would do that. If you're moving Verona, I think that they would want futures, more like prospects and picks. And Beauvillier yeah. is the UFA at the end of this year. Yeah, that could be – yeah, that probably wouldn't be the match then. Um, yeah, I mean, for it, but back to Edmonton for a second. Yeah. I really think that this, this comes – this starts with – uh, coaching, it, it's 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 really it's. I mean, from what I've seen with them, it's the goal, they're giving up a lot of high danger chances, and the goalies aren't making saves in the high danger chances, which is tough. But it's not necessarily all their fault. It's I think they need another defensive upgrade. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if like they're not even the. Edmonton's not even in the bottom half of high danger chances allowed, which means their goalies are the number one culprit. The defense is not good, but it's also not giving up a ton of high danger chances, um, or as many as we would think. Again, they do need a defenseman, like maybe a Tanev, but I doubt Calgary would give that away to a div- divisional rival. Mm. Um does does like a Yan Ruda package with Mackenzie Blackwood possibly work? Or, I mean, that combined is over six million dollars in cap space. That's so that's tough to navigate. Um, but like, do you think Yan Ruda would help them like move the needle? Like, would that help unlock Darnell Nurse maybe, and you know, to have a stay-at-home defenseman on his side? Um, I think in theory, slightly. Because that's kind of their issue is these guys are their defensemen are pinching at like the worst times, um, but that's kind of what CC is supposed to be, right? Like CC is supposed to be that state guy, and he's making horrible. CC, that I don't think CC's that. I mean, I think if CC's your on your bottom pair, you're you're fine. But if he's you know in your top four, that's less than ideal. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, ultimately, it could just be a coaching change will fix this. That's right. the truth. I think that's the bigger issue is the coaching and uh, whatever system they switched away from to switching back to. Like, I don't, that's what I've heard has happened. So, yeah, the biggest concern for Edmonton is that the, is the forwards are scoring not even close to enough for them to be the contender that we thought they were. But if you're, you got to have goalies that can keep you in games as well. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I think that if you're behind, you're, the, it, it, the game script is a big deal. Is that like if, you know, your forwards aren't producing, that means your defensemen are trying to elevate and pinch and make a play. And in turn, that makes you, that makes you more exposed. If your forwards are producing, that means your defensemen can get back to defending and you know, they can try to be more responsible. They will take less risk if they have the lead as opposed to if they're behind. We say all this to say I think Edmonton is an impossible fix right now. <laughs> they just need to they just need to do something. I just don't think that room is fixable. Like it's more it's the coaching, it's it's a culture thing. It's it's everything. They're not getting the most out of their superstars, and when the superstars aren't playing like superstars, this is what we have. So it's like yeah. they're glaring holes everywhere. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the tough thing for them is that, you know, like I would consider if I were them moving like an Evander Kane or something like that to at least take something out to put to bring something in, make a hockey trade, but all their top guys in cap space have no moves. Right. The, the only guy who's making more than $4 million who's movable is Eckholm, and why would you move him? Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to see what... Uh, like, Vander Kane to the Wild seems interesting. I'm trying to see what they're... I don't think he's... I don't think he's waving his no move. Okay. So... He, he, pick, he picked a sign there. Multiple teams are interested. Unless he wants to leave, which there's zero indication as such, I don't think he's leaving Edmonton. I think my most interesting – well, actually, you go now. Sorry. Yeah. So second team that I think needs to be fixed uh, or that definitely is looking to do something is Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, like, you know, I think we all like what they did in the offseason and we thought that they were going to take a step. Um, it seems that really they got a little bit screwed um from like Zach Benson getting injured and um and their defense like it's really young I'm not so sure how much you can do to fix it sometimes you just need age like right now from what I see they have six guys injured Jack Quinn's out for the majority of the season Cousins is day-to-day Carmi's injured Samuelson's injured Zach Benson's injured with Buffalo I think like you just want to try to be like 500 until your guys get healthy and then maybe you can go on a run and You'll be. I just think that like, it's really tough to go and say like, "Oh, Buffalo, don't panic." I would say, stay the course, do your best, try not to, you know, don't overreact to try and fix something in the present when you have so much promising prospects and good things coming in the future. Um, like they ha- actually they're one of the teams that has a decent amount of cap space, seven million dollars currently. Um, so they could go and address the move if they want to do, like say they wanted to go get a Connor Garland or an Anthony Beaudelier, for example, uh, from call. But like, I just don't think it's necessary. No, I don't think so either. Um, Beaudelier is an interesting one, but yeah, like you said, it's just about getting healthy. The thing that really hurts is Quinn because he's real deal player um benson's you know rookie still getting used to all this i do like like paterka's stepped up so that's good he's filled the gap there i don't know yeah i just don't i don't foresee them making a move bring somebody in um but uh, the one thing the one thing i would say is maybe all olafson maybe find someone else who has a ufa on a similar cap, on a similar contract, you know, like just has less than a year left, and see maybe if you could just like swap the bodies and see if you find something. That's the only thing I would suggest. So would um, Bovillier? Maybe I think he's defensively responsible. I mean, it, yeah. For me, I don't think Olsen has like really done much this year. Um, maybe change of scenery. Yeah, like it, it could just be that you know, like it's what's done is done. I think that. You know, a trade with Vancouver there definitely makes sense. Olsen's the type of guy who maybe I I think they would target. Also, they like Swedish players as a side point, but you know, all kidding right. aside, 
Like no. those te- those two teams seem to match up pretty well. I do think also that Buffalo could use a veteran D, like a bottom pair guy. Um, but like it's not something that like need they need right now to fix. It's more just that would be nice in the intermediate future. Yeah. Um my next one was Arizona. Uh I think they could they need fixing. Not not nothing crazy, but I think they are gonna go for it. And I think they could be a player for Hannafin. Um if they find a great partner for Dumba, get rid of him, bring in Hannafin. You think get rid of Dumba? Yeah. Okay. Just for a little more space and they have close you know, a little over five and a half cap space right now. So they could be a player to potentially sign Hannafin as well, which is what he'd be looking for. Someone, you know, a team that's doing it pretty good and then a team that can sign him. He's good friends with Jack Eichel, but Vegas is, there's no shot. He won't, it won't, not working. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit of a wild one, but it would be fun um, to see Hannafin and, yeah, desert red. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think I think that you know it's been talked about. I think uh, it was compound last night. Um, I I think that there definitely is. I wouldn't call it a hole on Arizona's defense, but more just like there's a lot of questions. Like it's so far, it's looked pretty good. You know, hands together, pray to God, but. I would say that they definitely need something, you know, they need some security long-term um, right. in terms of like, so I think that, you know, Hannafin definitely makes sense, but like, I don't think moving Dumba is, is makes sense for them unless you're getting, I mean, like, I would like. I think that you want to strengthen it, and Dumba's not. And taking away Dumba is going to be a minus. Maybe you're not positive, but it's still not great. I would take the net positive. <laughs> I mean, you have Jersey and Hannafin. Imagine that pairing. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah, but I think they have picks and prospects that they would trade for Hannafin and then sign him to an extension just to keep Dumba or trade Dumba for a different defenseman. Like, there's no reason to move Dumba in that deal to Calgary. Yeah, I think you could move multiple of their D for, like, a, well, maybe you don't move multiple, but I just think Dumba's going to be sought after, or it could be sought at, more sought after, or the most sought after if in that group, out of that whole D group. Um. Obviously, not going to part with Jersey, but someone they would be willing yeah. to part with would be Dumba. I, I would, I, I would think maybe that they would go after one of Columbus's guys because they have a lot. Yeah. Um, so obviously, the top guys, Wierenski and Severson, probably Provorov aren't going to be available, but yeah. maybe like an Andrew Peak was someone who I would think maybe that makes sense for Arizona, cost controlled. Won't be too expensive, but definitely could benefit from being put in a much more prominent role in a non-intensive market, so he could flourish. And Boquist too, yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what do you got next? 
All right, my next team to talk about is Ottawa. Okay. So, um, similar boat. I think there, there's like a few different things. Like you know, obviously they had a very strong showing last night against Toronto, um, which was so much fun to watch as a Leafs fan. Um, but you know, on the flip side, at least Battle of Alberta's back. That's good. Uh, the Battle of Ontario's back. Um, right. I think I think that kind of the same thing as Buffalo. Like changes aren't necessarily needed. Zub is about to return, um, and Shabbat will mean he'll be back sooner rather than later, probably in like three weeks or so. Um, and I think that really you the only thing that comes to mind of, oh, this really needs to change. I mean, Pinto will come back eventually and Greg will come back sooner than that. I would probably look at finding a strong two-way winger to play on their third line because and move out Kubalik or Tarasenko. Maybe, you know, a, you know, a lateral move, a lateral move figuratively that you sell a player and then you buy a player. But I just, I don't think that that mix is going to work. Like Tarasenko... He wants power play time, things like that. Like, go find a place for him or Kubalik, frankly, one of those guys that will fit more in – he'll have a top six role. And that, you know, it'll be mutually beneficial. Maybe it's a hockey trade where you're – like the same idea as uh, Beauvillier for Olofsson, like we talked about before. But, like, I don't think that that current blend on the third line is working so well. Yeah, you have to wonder what it would look like with Pinto, but we can't. So, um, and you can't wait half for half the season to do that. Yeah. So, where do you think would be a spot for this? I, 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 I would move. Um, I mean, I don't think they'll move both of them, but I would definitely look at moving one of them. I haven't fully figured out where I want where they should go yet. I mean, maybe Pittsburgh. Yeah. Also, that could that could also work, um, and maybe then hmm? maybe Tampa. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they'll want to trade with Tampa. Um, okay. Also, Tampa is limited on what they can give back. Um, I would look maybe at like a Seattle, like you know, Jordan Eberle has really had a slow start this season, and. He just sustained an injury in practice this morning, I find, or yesterday, and it doesn't look amazing. But I, I would maybe look at that. Um, otherwise, um, another option could maybe you do something with Arizona because um, they have you know middle six guys, a lot of wingers, Zucker and Kerfoot, and all those guys who maybe that could work. Um, it, that was one of the tougher ones for me to figure out exactly what to do. Right. Um, like, I don't know, like maybe the Islanders, because, you know, they always are in need of offense. Just like, you don't make it, the Islanders will call you when they're ready. Calling them is just like pointless. So if you're Ottawa and you don't want to wait, then you got to, you know, proceed in a different direction. Like St. Louis also could be an interesting place to look. Uh, you know, maybe Buchnevich, like that. I could see that possibly being a fit. Um, 
but also like I feel like him playing on a third line that might it might be tough for him but him and Tarasenko played well together back when he was like in St. Louis um so maybe you move out Kubalik and you bring in Bushnevich what about uh Batherson for Bushnevich I don't think they're going to move Batherson that that contract is way too good yeah like, like I'd love if they moved out Batherson. You know, he's three years, three more years after this one under five million dollars. Like, that's a massive asset for them. You yeah. know, and but like I highly doubt that they're moving out a key cog on their top line. Yeah, and he played so well with Brady last year. It's just I guess a slower start from. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I, I Kubelik seems like he's getting more involved, but yeah. He probably wants a more prominent role. Just hasn't really deserved it. And Tarasenko is just kind of stuck behind a couple lines of game chemistry. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the Ottawa's main problems is you don't have one of your first-round picks in the next three years. So trading – so if you're going to trade another one of those for immediate help, that means you're going to have one in the next three years. That's a really tough sell. Um, I I think that you have to – It'll probably be like a second round pick, um, which, or it'd be like a second, like this year. They have two this this year because they got Detroit's, you know, like a second and a fourth, mm-hmm. um, plus Kubalik to get Buchnevich, but that might not be enough for St. Louis. Like they might be looking for something more substantial. Hmm. Like maybe Tyler Boucher, like that's a former high pick who maybe he'll work out better in a different situation. But like, and now that Dorian's not there, there's no invested equity in the player. It's just like, do we believe in him or not? Right. Uh, All right. What's next for you? Um. trying to figure out Nashville and Minnesota. I think uh, both of them at the same time. Yeah, I mean, they seem to like they're right there next to each other in the standings and they both have needs and they're both teams that I could see going for it more than like a Seattle or a St. Louis. Um, but again, we'll see what happens, what unfolds. Um, I just think Nashville needs more than like a like Jakob Trennan is a fourth liner, but he's on the third line. Colton Sissons is a fourth liner. Um, I, I think they they need something there. Could be another. Well, I think I think an important caveat is: Are we talking about what we think they should do or what they are going to do? Because this is a very trucks team. Yeah, that's, def- that's at the forefront defensively responsible. Third set, fourth liners are third liners, third liners are second liners, and you have maybe a couple first liners and second liners on your first line. I'm more talking what they should do then. Yeah, so we're talking what they should do. Okay, so <clears throat> I mean, for Nashville, I would say like you gotta get some more forwards with like turn because like. They have four guys signed beyond this year. 
and Nyquist is one of them who only has one year left after that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think, like, would a Garland Nashville work? I um, a Garland for who? I don't know what who for, but um, maybe if Nashville's not so high on Parsonen anymore. Um, Tomasino? Maybe Tomasino, yeah. He's not getting any time. Um, I still think they would need to add something to Garland to get Tomasino. Maybe not as much because they're not probably not crazy high on him. Maybe Garland Beauvillier for Parson and, and uh, Tomasino. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's, um, I think that definitely would help Beauvillier's for Trots for sure likes Beauvillier from, back from when they were both on the island. Right. So that that definitely is a, I I definitely could see that going down. Um, Garland, I'm not so sure he's a Barry Trust style player. Right. Uh, I mean, like I look at I I look at Nashville. I think that I I don't think that they're. I I think that once we get to a closer time like uh, more of a trade season, I think that Nashville will ultimately be on the outside looking in and they're going to sell off pieces. So that's really where we're going to get into the UC Saros sweepstakes, but we're a little early to do that right now. Man, I just, yeah, maybe, maybe they are at that point. Um, I just think it'd be more intriguing for both sides to make a move sooner. Uh, to see if it unlocks something on both, you know, for both teams. But yeah. and they have a scar of like he's like I would I th- I would think that like they really want to give him an opportunity at some point because like he's already been cooking in the AHL for a couple years. Like you right. gotta be ready to give him opportunity. Otherwise, he's your primary asset of like we can get something really good back for him. Wait for who? Askarov, like they're the goalie they drafted in the first round a few years back. Like oh. he's also scorching, scorching hot start to the season with a 935 save percentage, 160 goals against average in five games. Like this guy is pretty close to ready, if I had to guess. Yeah. I. He was good last year, too. I just don't know if I mean you're talking. You're talking about like getting rid of sorrow so you can make room for this guy. I mean, you got to make a call. Either you're deciding we're committing to sorrows and we're going to offer him the bag this off season to get him extended, and he's going to be a predator for life. Or on the flip side, is that we have this guy we really believe him in. We oh, I mean, the alternative is like Lincoln is your backup. You should call up, call up Ascarov and see what you have now, and then. From that point, you'll be able to see who do we believe in. Yeah, I think you could put Lincoln on the trade block rather than Soros and call up the prospect and uh, start that that process. And I, I I just think they should commit to Soros. It's hard to come hard to come by these type of goalies. Um, I mean, Askarov comes with very high pedigree, but I, I agree, Soros is 
he's, he's, he's a stat. Like he's he's there are a few goalies you would bet on more than you would bet on him. I mean, yeah, right. Pedigree only takes you so far. You got to prove it, and Star Wars has proven it. And to let that walk out the door would be kind of, I believe, short-sighted in my mind. Um, but Lincoln's got a lot of value, so could get back something interesting. Um, my only which, with Saros is like he has like injury problems. No. Um, I mean, sort of. Not really. I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, like the they played him sixty games both in the past two over sixty games in the past two seasons and. Both seasons, pretty much identical stats. You know, goals against average in the 260s, 918 and 919 save percentage. Um, I mean, the 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 year, the COVID years, like, you know, the first the year where of the beginning of the onset of the pandemic and the and the fully COVID year, he had some injury issues. Um, right. And he played half the season one year and then the other year he missed 20 games out of 56. Um I mean, the season, yeah, like, also, like, in the playoffs, he hasn't been unbelievable. Like, he's I mean, been he's close, but not unbelievable. He's also, they don't have, like, an unbelievable team in front of him, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, but their defense is very good. I mean, in years past or right now? It, I mean, I would say even right now, their defense is very good, like. I'd say comfortably one through five. Um, I think they're a very solid core. Um, and, you know, Shen's injured. They have Lozon. Like, I, I think that they have guys who are trustworthy. Like, I don't think they need to add to their defense. I think it's kind of good the way it is. No, I'm saying, I'm saying in uh, the implications for Saros' numbers, like, I, I think they stand up. Problem, I think that he's fine. I think that everything's fine there. Like Saros is, I don't think there's much more that you could do to elevate Saros's game. I think what he's doing is what he's doing. No, and I'm saying that's why you keep him. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. And uh, I think you can. Yeah, Lincoln could be another candidate to be to go to Edmonton. You know, like. Yeah, but like that's like oh, we'll give you a fourth, maybe a third. Like it's or Los Angeles, a, yeah, Los Angeles. I mean, it's it, but like it's what is the value of Kevin Lincoln in? And like, he's fine, but he's nothing special, right? But like, he could be. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Like he he was he he is a quality backup, and if you try to give him beyond quality, like if you try to make him a one B, he's just not going to be able to do that. Like he are, he'll be fine in it, but like he's not gonna he's not going to elevate into that role. He's twenty eight. It's not, I don't think that I, I I would say like he he could definitely play it for the next five to ten years and he'll be fine. But I don't think there's he has more to give. I mean, there have been plenty of goalies that like hit their stride at this age. So I it's not out of the room. maybe. Yeah, but that's just, you know, my opinion on the player. I'm not saying it's right. It's just my subjectivity. Also, LA just needs – they're running Talbot really heavy, so they need somebody. 
Um, and this would be a fine stand in. And if he turns out to be sick, then great. Great. Um, with Minnesota, I think they're doing okay, but they could do better in that bottom six um, slash that a second line um, move like Johansson down a line. Um, but uh, they're probably more stubborn than most in that realm. I don't think they're going to want to get rid of assets um, like draft assets. Um, I don't know what to think about their defense. There's just like I, I like Faber and Brodine's been all right. Middleton's a good defenseman, but um, and I guess when they get Spurgeon back, that fixes some things. So maybe they just stand pat. But I mean, they're not getting much out of Gustafson right now. Flurry's been okay the last couple. So I I see ways they can. I see. Spots where they can improve, but I don't. I just, I'm also thinking that they don't do anything um, at this point, unfortunately. But it seems like yeah, like with Minnesota, I, I echo your sentiments. Like with them, I would probably look at changing lot, like shifting lines. Like I don't think Ryan Hartman's really a top six forward. He's like a quintessential third liner and a good one, but he's a third liner. Move to Erickson should absolutely be in your top six. That's how I see it. Maroon's a fourth liner. I, I would say, like, really, I think they need a third a third line winger. Yeah. Uh, to, because, like, Frederick Gaudreau also, I think he's a fourth liner. Like, he should be with Maroon and and um, Dewar and Duhame. Um, Like, I, I would say, like, that screams San Jose. Like San Jose has a bunch of guys who are middle six wingers, like Mike Hoffman, Anthony Duclair, um, Zadina, maybe if you they want to pay a little bit more, um, or LeBanc. But like that's that's fine. Who I would be going to if so I were done. Good, a, a wild type of guy. Um, another team. Oh no, you go. Sorry. Um. So like. In terms of like other teams in the East, because I'm covering the East and you're covering the West, for the purpose of this exercise of who needed to be fixed, like I just decided to ignore teams who like I don't think that they're gonna buy. They're much more likely to sell. So like Washington, I took out Philly, I took out Columbus, I took out Montreal, I took out um, Florida. I think you just have to wait for the injuries. Like I don't think that there's much more that like. Like, I mean, like, we we could take a look at them. We can talk about them. But, like, do you have anything that you think Florida needs to do? Or just you got to wait till Ekblad and Montour come back? Yeah, I don't think they do anything on their back end. Um, I think there's something to be said for their bottom six, though, for sure. Um, yeah, so with their bottom six, um, I think Lomberg could should be moved up to the third line with and Cousins is there and Rodriguez is injured, but like he I think then you're pretty set on the third line. It's more the fourth line, but I no Rodriguez could like play, play, play the waiver wire. Oh, so he played, so this is just not updated. Um Yeah, what are you looking I at? I mean also 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 I'm I'm on daily face off looking at their lines. And Bennett's out too. 
Right. Oh, Rodriguez, Rodriguez is shit. He's on the top line for now. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, Bennett comes back. I, you know, you play around with that. Maybe Rodriguez stays and you move Lindell to the third line or Bennett plays on the third line or something like that. Um, uh, but like, I would say, like, you really, I would be looking to supplant Will Lockwood and Stephen Lorenz and Kevin Stenland, but like, you know, maybe try to upgrade incrementally there on, you know, in your bottom six, like, you know, a guy who seems perfect and, you know, Bill Zito came from Columbus, Eric Robinson, just like, I think that guy's going to be a Panther and it's going to be frustrating because he's going to be good. Wait, who? Rob- I can't hear you again. Uh, uh, yeah, I lost you for a second. Um, Eric Eric Robinson. Um, he's he's an NHL player. I think he actually could be a third line player, functionally. Like you know, he's twenty eight, but like he he's been good for them over the past two years. Just for some reason, they sent him down. Uh, can play center and left wing. Like, I think that guy's going to end up with the Panthers, and I think it's going to work out for Florida. Um, Wait, where is he playing right now? I mean, they sent him down to Cleveland. Oh, 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 minors. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, the three players you mentioned uh, get – they could definitely easily upgrade um, – I'm trying to see here. I mean, also San Jose could definitely be. Yeah. Like they, San Jose and Florida have made trades in the past, like so that definitely is a good fit. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, and then. So, so the thing is, like we we've talked about Zadina getting moved, you know, in a couple of things. Part of me feels like San Jose is going to try to keep him. He's a young guy; he'll fit with you know their core. Yeah. If they can go and they can develop him into being something a tad yeah. better than what he was. Like that's you know a job well done by Mike Rear and Co. And I'm I'm more thinking of the vets like you know maybe Mikhail Granlund though he has another year so they might need to attach something extra to get rid of him, uh or like LeBanc or you know Hoffman I mean Hoffman Hoffman's been to Florida in the past like that could be a very simple fix too. What if they went and got Declare back? Yeah, I I don't I don't think so. I mean. Part of the thing with Florida is also they don't really have any cap space. Yeah, he only signed so a year, I think, right? Pardon? Duclair only signed a one year in San Jose, didn't he? He just had a year left on his deal, so they moved him. No, I'm saying, didn't I thought that one year is his current contract with... Yeah, yeah. his current contract with Florida, Oh, they traded the final year to San Jose. I see. Um, yeah, like I, I think for them, you're, you're really you're you're hunting for minimum to very low one million dollar style players to to supplement your roster. Um, you know, another team maybe like I'm not sure Philly's gonna actually sell. Um, but like, you know, like it's it. I would I would think that maybe they would try to move. You know, make them maybe trade someone, you know, from who they have, but like like a Ryan Paling maybe. They're talking about moving Tippett as well. The thing about Tippett is that like, I don't think 
Philly's going to move him. I think Morgan Frost is a much likelier candidate to get traded because it seems like Tortorella just doesn't like him. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. If, if Tippett was on the trade block, we like uh, too many teams, so many teams would be lining up and offering significant packages back because that guy's a player. Yeah. A, probably a second line quality right winger already who could potentially develop further into a top line right winging right wing scorer 30 goals you know 60 70 points plus you know he does other things too that make his game more valuable um i do not think um philly's gonna trade him frost i see that that could also work for florida yeah that would be That'd be pretty cool for Florida because um, he's already – he can play NHL time, uh, NHL-level hockey, no problem. I don't know what's up with Torts. He always seems to have this thing with uh, a young player at every stop he's had um, for, for whatever reason. But, yeah. Um, Tippett wasn't Florida, wasn't he? Tippett was in Florida way back. So, like, also, I, I think they had to move him to get Duke, to get uh, Giroux. But, like, they probably would like him back. It yeah. just will cost a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's – well, he hasn't put up a bunch of numbers, so it wouldn't be crazy. Um, but he is skilled. So, there's definitely some value to be had back. I just don't think it would – I mean, how expensive do you think he'd be And Tip it, yeah. Um, at five points, I wouldn't be sh- what he's at five points. He's a minus five guy. I don't know. Well, he's had a little bit of a slow start, but he was very good last year, yeah. Like last last year, he put 49 points in 77 games, 20, 20, um, 27 goals. See, he's a little bit of a defensive liability, uh, and he has had a tad of a slow start, but like, I think that you know, he probably could fetch a first back depending on the parameters of the deal, who's trading for him. But like, uh, like maybe it's like Tippett and Frost for like a first and a second or like, you know, it'll, it'll re like, I I think that there are team, like maybe it's like, you know, Tippett and a prospect for a first, like I I think that he would be valued highly. And I think it's worth it because he's. Yeah, for sure. Cause he's, he adds a score as much. And they're young, so it's you're like you're getting a proven prospect already. So I, I think it's well and worth. I think you could teach players to be defensively responsible if they're willing to learn. Especially Maurice. Yeah, Paul Maurice. He knows how to cultivate that. Right. So, who who do you have left in the West? Um, I have Dallas pegged here. I mean, they're a contender, so it's not like you know they have issues, but I think they could use. They're also apparently in the sweepstakes for like a defenseman like Tanev or Dumba. I don't know why Dumba's name came up, but it did. Um, I think Dadnoff can be shipped out. He's not. He doesn't do much. Um, I think Garland is also an option to go to Dallas, maybe for Dadnoff. I don't think. I don't think Garland's an option for Dallas. They 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 don't really have. Uh, no, noteworthy amount of cap space left. Yeah, they, they do have to move out. Yeah, 
no. someone who they wouldn't want to. They would have like to get really Faxa or 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 Dadanov plus. Like I yeah. I don't think the math makes sense to get Garland, and I don't think that there's a spot for him to really uh, re um jumps jumpstart his career again like garland needs to go to a place where there's an opportunity for him to actually contribute you know maybe there's you know a spot in the bumper on the power play or something like that like that's where i really see garland getting traded to um like i like not that he has like control over where he goes per se like maybe he has a modified no trade but i don't think that uh like he he has no trade he has no trade protection whatsoever um so he could get traded wherever but like a team that would trade for him i think would be a team that thinks that they can rehabilitate him him going to dallas like that just you know it's adding you know more missiles to your arsenal but like ultimately he's just going to be suppressed on a third line or a fourth line at a bloated salary doesn't make sense well i think dallas needs a defenseman i agree with that yeah so that's two routes they could go what i'm I, i i'd like I mean, he would be on the second line if he took over Dad enough spot, but um No, I think like Johnston or one of the other guys would elevate him to that. No, Johnston is on the second line with Ben and Oh. Yeah. I mean, well, what about like Stanko and or one of those guys? Who? Like right now I have their I have dad right now I have their third line is Sagan, Duchesne, and Marchman. Like I think Marchman could play on the third line, Duchesne could play on the third line. Uh, Faxa, I think, is a third liner, not a, not a fourth liner. Like, I, I don't see a reason for them to trade for Garland. I see a reason for them to go and acquire a Chris Tanner, for example, because they could use a, a second pair right handed defenseman. Yes, definitely. Or, or, or if they really want to swing big, they could really use a top line guy to bump Suter down. But get Hockenpot, Edmonton, and they get Tanner somehow. <laughs> Yeah, Akampa, maybe. Akampa's terrible, but he's not what Dallas needs. Um, what Edmonton needs. Yeah, I don't even know if he would help Edmonton, but he might. He's a stay-at-home guy, and he's uh, – I've just seen too yeah. many. I've gone to so many Dallas Stars games. Um, I've seen plenty of him. Uh, I think Tanev, yeah, like you said, right-handed guy in the second great, pairing. Great bet. Great bet. Immediate, yeah. And I think they can move. I mean, Lindell's solid. I just I like the upside of Harley more, but that's uh, whatever. That's nothing to do with transactions. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and they have Lundqvist too. Like that effectively could be their second pair. Like if Lindell was on the top pair and Lundqvist and Harley was their second pair, you have Hakanpah and Suter on the third pair. I don't hate it. I think that they you could probably upgrade in that bottom pair a little bit. Like you know, someone who complements Suter a tad better. Yeah, but it wouldn't necessarily be necessary. I just think that they need to shift the lines a bit, which that could always happen. Yeah. I think another, another team they could poach from would be uh, the Blackhawks, like a um, Zaitsev or Connor Murphy. I don't know what they want to do with Connor Murphy, but I'd rather. I don't think Zaitsev makes sense. Zaitsev. He's a little bit off. I mean, from what I when I remember him in Toronto, he was offensively inclined, but he had, but he needed opportunity for that. Like that, like that would have been like a guy like for like San Jose to go trade for, because like you know, quiet place, not a lot of pressure, 
could get top line power play minutes. And you know, he can he can do that if he's good enough. Like if he's in a good position to succeed. Um Murphy, the problem with the, him is he has two years left after this one. So that could be a tough squeeze for Dallas. Yeah. I just what's to un- what's to Nordy like? Like is he like just totally not good enough? Well, that's more, that's why I mentioned Zaitsev is because him and Tenorti and Zaitsev have gone uh, like every other game pretty much. So one of those is for sure getting shipped out. Um, like I think Tenorti might work better for Dallas than Zaitsev, and he has a lower contract. As Zaitsev's played better than Tenorti so far this year, mm-hmm. which is you know who's ever whoever has a higher value would. Be obviously easier to move. Um, it's just hard to tell which. Yeah, maybe both. Yeah. So yeah, maybe both. Um, um, anyone else who needs to be fixed in the West? I have one team left. Um, yeah. Well, in the same conversation would be Winnipeg, like with the defense. So I don't know what they do because I know they want to move. Um, what's his face, Logan? Stanley. Stanley. Um, so I don't know what they could. Well, I I would say that he, like, you know, for a lot of the teams that, you know, need a defenseman, Logan Stanley could very much be a viable solution. Who's cheap, has another year of control, but he has Arbrights after this year. Um, the only problem is the two teams that come to mind most of, oh, he would be a great fit there are Edmonton and Dallas. And I don't think Winnipeg's trading Logan Stanley to either of those teams. Right. That's the issue. Um, but also, but we'll come back to Logan Stanley in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you think Winnipeg needs to add a defenseman? You think that they need to swap defenseman with someone else? Like maybe, um, flipping Nate Schmidt to yep. Calgary, you yep. know, back for something else? Like, I think a swap for sure. A swap. Yep. So, if if that's if you went through your teams, um, for me, I have one team left, and it's obvious who it is. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, and mm-hmm. um, last night was a perfect, perfect example of why this team's roster construction is particularly flawed. Forwards, actually, I think they figured out their top three lines. I actually think that all three units work pretty cohesively together, and they do different things, and their secondary and tertiary scoring. So there's three, there's two holes to fill, and I think by filling those two holes, it'll fix the goaltending. Like I don't think really there's much you can do to fix the goaltending. Like I think you just have Samson on the wall, and that's it. Um, and if that doesn't work, then your season sunk and okay. And if it does work and, and if you make these other changes, then maybe that'll help in turn fix what you have right now. So I think right now you need a fourth line winger, an agitator, someone who can maybe add some offense, but Ryan Reeves is not it. Like Ryan Reeves, the guy is 36 years old, turning 37 mid season. Um, and he's just 
he just he he basically just hired an assistant coach and put him on cap sheet. And this assistant coach happens to be able to put skates on and go and punch people. That's basically what he can do. He's not offensively inclined at all. He's a defensive liability. And you see time in and time out, as we get closer to the end of the game, his minutes should go down and down and down unless they need to put him out to make a statement and, you know, or like everyone else is gas. And if you put him out late, the chances are something bad's going to happen. So that is exhibit A of what needs to be fixed. Exhibit B is your defense, is, is your penalty kill and by your defense and by extension, your penalty kill. Maybe you can go and you can shuffle the deck chairs. And yes, McCabe and Lilligren are both injured. So that's a little tough on what you have um, in terms of like, now you have to play Simone Benoit and William Lagasin and Max Lajoie. And that has also contributed to this recent stretch of poor play overall, despite a very enjoyable comeback win against Tampa on Monday evening. Um, I would really go to say that Giordano is your sixth defenseman. He cannot go above that threshold. Agreed. I, I would put Brody to, with Klingberg because Klingberg is clearly the biggest liability on your defense, so you have to put your fixer, TJ Brody, with him. That's your second pair. And Louis, I, w- I think Lilligan plays with Giordano, and McCabe, McCabe like, you know, shuffles in with him time from, at different points. They really need someone to play with Morgan Riley who can penalty kill and is not a defensive liability. Luke Shen was a great fit last year, something like that. So Logan Stanley is one of the top guys I would consider to go and try and get because that's the type of guy. He, you know, big body, hits, probably will fight. Um, cheap, and I think he would complement Morgan Riley pretty well. Um, what do you say about, you know, my, my rant, which – for the courtesy of the listeners, I say it to the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, I think that could work. I, I don't know the bottom. Like, I don't see TJ Brody as a plus guy. It is what it is. As a what? I don't see him as like a like a, a positive, a net positive. I guess I don't see him as like a good, a good defense. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching the game, the games. The guys, he still got it. You just, can't, you can't overplay him. Right. Like, I, I think that if he's playing around 20 minutes, not 24 or 25, yeah. then he's fine. Yeah, I would agree. They're putting him in compromising situations where, you know, he's losing foot speed because he's just, like, totally drained in the third period because you played him eight minutes in each of the first ones, and then 10 minutes left in the third, he's already at 22 minutes or something like that. So he'll take a penalty or something like that. Yeah. For the forward, I think Sammy Blay would be a great guy to target, like, you know, to replace Reeves, and I don't think he would cost that much. Yeah, he can actually play, too. Yeah. And he could play. He's fast. That would be a great person to, you know, replace that Mikheyev or, you know, other guys who you've had in the past. Um, Yesterday, actually, I was like, man, what if this team had Mikheyev? <laughs> the Leafs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could, this that was a numbers game. Is that I think they liked him, but like he, for one, he wanted a real, real shot in the top six, which they couldn't really afford him. Um, and in the same vein, I don't think that, um, and they and they couldn't make they couldn't pay him what he wanted. It's just funny that you got you went out and got Reeves and 
then your guy gets everyone knew it was stupid the second they did it. Yeah, it's like you're not that team. You're not a. I mean, you need that, but you you got Bertuzzi, you got Domi, you need a guy you can actually play. You know, like the, yeah, I mean, Vegas had Reeves, but they also had like uh, Colasar, who is that guy who can actually play as well. And I mean, every stop Reeves makes, they see the most part pretty quickly that this isn't going to work. I mean, maybe you, maybe you can move him to like Minnesota or something like that. They tried that too. <laughs> and, but, but Minnesota wanted to bring him back this year. So maybe, you know, you move him. Maybe if, like if, if Maroon's not working out in Minnesota, I would love Pat Maroon. That guy's just a rat, terrible, you know, terrible person on the ice. You know, probably a good guy off the ice, but like that guy's just a real d bag. Um, yeah, he wins, and and he's a winner, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know what they do with that bottom. Like I like Yarn Croaks, like off and on. Noah Gregor, I love. Yarn Croak, the 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 script is out on Yarn Croak. If he's playing on your third line, he'll contribute. You know. Let's call it 35 points, 40 points, you know, probably 12 or 13 goals, something in that range. And he's defensively responsible. If you try to make him a first or second line player and, you know, have him be a passenger on a wing, it just, it may work as, you know, like a change of pace. But after five games, it's just not going to work. Right. A lot to fix on that team is what we've come to. Yeah, I mean, Maroon's off to a pretty nice start in Minnesota with nine points in 12 games. Yeah, that's insane. So, that's not sustainable. No, but, but I doubt they're going to move him in the same way. But yeah, you could use him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, also in Minnesota, like those also could work. Those are the type of guys you got to be looking for. Right. Uh, in terms of defensemen, is there anyone else who you think is a fix for Toronto other than Logan Stanley? Um, trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think like somebody who's uh, that would be funny. I don't know what Tyson Berry signed uh, with Nashville. No, that, that's that's that they need someone who's defensively responsible. Right, that's why that, that won't be a fit. Yeah. Um, I mean, the obvious one is Zadora in Calgary, but like, yeah, 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 that that will. That'll that'll cost something, and he makes a decent number. Him and Tanev both make a decent number. Yeah. Um, guys, Zadorov is definitely on the move. Yeah, I mean, an- another guy who like, I think he's going to cost a lot though. Like in terms of assets, is Sean Walker. Yeah, I. You think Philly would want to move on after just getting him? I mean, he's a UFA after this year, like. Yeah, and I, I feel like he's the type of guy that oh he goes to free agency and he gets a five year contract of four and a half a year that looks bad in three years, but like he's good at the number he's at right now and he's playing very well. Mm. Definitely worth looking into. Definitely worth kicking the tires on. I would say for sure. Mm. Um, the the one other thing is that I I did have a question. Do you think that? Anaheim's ready to move on from Drysdale yet? Uh, no. No, not yet. No, yeah, hit. No, he hasn't. He's going to have an injury tag for whatever next contract, but 
Um, hey, no, he hasn't had enough. Like, yeah, you got to go or you definitely stay. So, I mean, it's way too early to tell. Right. And it's unfortunate. I mean, just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, just like if they believe that he can't stay healthy, maybe they move on from him and another team can pounce. Like, you know, I'm sure Toronto would be interested in someone like that who's at cost control for a couple more years. Also, you know, like the guy, Columbus is also an obvious trade partner for Toronto um, because they have Peak and Boakvist and other guys. And both of those guys also, I think, would work well with Riley. Drysdale is only 21, so I'm... Right, there's still time. Yeah, but sometimes you know, keep my Pap Pap Ruby didn't draft him. Yeah, but he's so God. there's less equity invested in the player than if Bob Murray was still the GM. But I think I think you're, I think you're jumping the gun too soon if you make a kind of jump a judgment on that because oh, I I agree with you. Yeah, I'm wondering if you think they will. No, I think I think they're stumbling into an um, embarrassment of riches on the DN on the D group right now. So I think they'll. I mean, want- that could also be, like that. You know, you can't really move Fowler. Um, just in terms of like the contract's vague, it's long, it's you know, a tougher guy to move in general. Maybe it makes more sense to move, um, to move one of your young guys in Drysdale. And, like, the other guys are younger. You believe in them more. They don't have the injury history. Maybe you move Dreisler. Maybe that's the angle. Yeah. No, there's something to be said for that for sure. Kind of, you know, get back as much as you can while his value is still there. Well, he's still a sixth overall pick in people's heads. Right. Big risk, though, obviously. Yeah, it, it definitely would be a risk. You could just be a guy who got the injuries out of the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can end there if that was all. That's the last one you had. Yeah, I mean, we, there there were a couple other teams, like as I said, like Washington, for example. But mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's really fixable. I think like you got to trade Mantha and just get something back for him, right? Um, really, like maybe that's a Garland swap. Actually, like I can actually see that working. Uh, I feel like Mantha's a uh, Rick Tockett style player. Like he could actually whip him into shape and actually get something out of him and rehabilitate his value just in time for him to get a new contract on free agency. But um, like I just don't think that there's a lot that you can do if you're. Washington that is in in the immediate future to really fix it like there this is a longer term project of how to fix it and it's like oh how do we how are we contending by the time Obi's contract is close to done that he can go out on a high as opposed to yeah he's just you know his career he's just going to be you know shooting goals and the team's just going to be in you know in the cellar every single year for the next three years right yeah it's a uh, yeah, it's an impossible fix in the, in this year, so I don't I don't think. Yeah, so like I think they're gonna sell out. They're gonna you know everything that's not stapled down or you know t- tied down. They're trading Manta, Kuznetsov, Oshi, all goodbye. Yeah, definitely. And we could talk more about that like toward the middle of the year. Yeah, those guys yeah. could have some but, interesting uh, landing spots. 
but like my 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 ultimate question to like the takeaway from this is you know for us to think about is every single year you know the insiders talk about how oh there's chatter you know normally trades don't happen this early but you know maybe this is the year that you know something gets done do we actually think that you know this is the year kind of like offer sheets like oh is this the year an offer sheet's going to be offered or nah not really it's just you know that thing we always like to a carrot like we like to dangle but it never actually happens so is this the year that we actually believe that there will be some trade action like let's say pre-christmas or nah teams are just gonna you know we wave players we call them up we send them down and you know we shuffle our deck chairs on the titanic until we realize oh this actually is totally untenable i think it's a yes because of how wide open especially the east is at this point i think teams are going to try to get things done earlier Maybe it jump starts them and gets them on a hot streak or whatever. Um, yeah, there's just you know the East is really crowded with a lot of teams that are, and also teams don't have cap space. So right, like you see that they can't maneuver nearly as much as they would like to. Right. So maybe, and that could be a a reason why it doesn't happen. Like there's not as much competition. Um, like. In, within the financials, um, like teams that can make a move know that the competition can make a move, so they're more patient. But I'm going to say yes. Stuff starts happening right. in business, yeah. Like you think pre-Thanksgiving or maybe like right after? Right after, yeah. Right after. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. See you.